Dream to Reality Entertainment presents the Think Tank Podcast. Starring your host, he's a podcaster, photographer, filmographer, writer, conspiracy fascist, entrepreneur, explorer, color commentator, picky eater, beer ninja, secret agent, and the world's most influential humanoid, he is Ryan the Area Man. And now, coming to you pre-recorded from the very secretive D2R Studios, deep undercover in the world's deepest, darkest, most secure, Hadron Collider and nuclear bomb tested and approved doomsday bunker, here is Ryan the Area Man! What's up everybody, I'm Ryan the Area Man, this is the Think Tank Podcast. Today... And for the next three following weeks, I have for you a what was originally a four-hour podcast. It was non-stop recording. Um, normally, when we record, I have to go pee like every hour, just because I'm drinking coffee and drinking water. You know, lots of fluids, and uh, I tend to not eat, so there's nothing to absorb all this liquid that I consume. Well, myself and Ray, which is who's in this episode and the following three, sat down, and we were, he was literally here just to pick up some, uh, some tamales, and head on out, and I was like, come on down, check out the studio, and then... Checking out the studio turned into oh well let's do it let's do an hour. We literally said we have a cutoff time at an hour. That's it because he's got to go home, got to work the next day. Um, next thing we know, four hours later, I looked at the clock and I was like Jesus Christ, we have to turn this fucking thing off. So I had to wrap it up. The uh, conversation goes from uh, his journey from living here when you last heard him on the podcast a couple years ago to going out to SpaceX he talks all about SpaceX what he did there uh, tried to get some some secret information out of him he, he does I couldn't tell you what hour it's in at this point but uh, uh, it, it goes from that into a little bit of politics uh, the and when I say politics, not like oh, Trump's good, Hillary bad, you know, none of that shit. It's more like how the fuck do you fix the economy? How do you fix the educational system? How do you how do you fix you know these things? Like you know, an interesting perspective from him, who's you know been in uh, like the Navy and been around the world and. And uh, doing the stuff that he does with, like, the space program and then to where the job he's at now and the stuff he does there, it's like... So we we talk a little bit about that and then we get into religion. I believe that's in in the fourth hour, which will come in three weeks from now. Like, uh, you know, this, this conversation just spans, you know, it, it, it flows in its own organic way 
and it's a fascinating conversation, obviously, or I wouldn't have sat here and had it for four hours. Uh, and literally, it, for me, it was like snap my fingers and four hours was gone. So we were started recording at like 11 o'clock at night, and next thing I know, it's like 3 in the morning. So, uh, And he has to be at work at 9 a.m. and has an hour and a half drive to get home. So I feel bad for him, but I appreciate his time. And he was obviously enjoying himself uh, because uh, he did most of the talking. So, But it's fascinating stuff. Uh, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, I don't know what to tell you other than just check it out. It's literally going to be the same, uh, same intro and same outro for all four weeks, but the content in the middle is, uh, is different. It's, it's the, I basically cut it off at an hour. Every hour I just kind of cut it and, uh, <clears throat> I tried to find the best stopping point right around the hour mark and uh you know so for the next four weeks enjoy this same intro enjoy new content in the meat of the episode and enjoy the same outro um but yeah good stuff so um let's see i think i'll do all the uh all the other shit on the back end so enjoy whatever you're about to hear and uh, we'll see you on the back end. So I'm sitting here in the studio. It's late night. And I have Ray. <laughs> Ray back from space? Yeah, X. SpaceX. Um, <laughs> and so everybody remembers Ray. He was uh, a uh, fellow cast member of the D2R podcast days. That's true. And then you left us to go work at SpaceX. I did. And the whole time you were there... In California, I went out to visit you one time. You did, thank you. You gave me a tour, which we talked about a lot on the podcast. That's awesome. It was awesome, and uh, I so badly and secretly wanted to record everything <laughs> there, which you told me not to, and I didn't want to get you fired, so I didn't. Right. And I was, <laughs> and I made sure that you left your phones in the car. <laughs> yeah, but I was still like, the whole time I was like. I could probably fucking snuck it in here and record it. Yeah, you could. But I, I didn't want to do that. And then uh, probably like a month after we were there, then I found out Adam Kroll got the tour. Somebody that was a fan of his show contacted him and gave him the I was like, oh, I got right. the report Adam Kroll did. Yeah, there you go. And then, uh, what's his name? Uh, who else? Somebody else went there that was famous that just got a tour. Um, what the fuck is this? I forget. Right. Somebody else that was famous got a tour right after that. Two of them was like on Twitter talking about how cool yeah. it was. Where I was like, I was there before you too. I was, yeah. so, I was there before. He said it was kind of 
cool that I got to see that shit before somebody, like... Oh, yeah. Like, you know, a lot of people didn't really talk about having, having a tour until after we had went, and then I started seeing all these celebrities getting tours all of a sudden. I was right. like, it's old news. <laughs> yeah, that's old news for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, so you went there. Mm-hmm. I was trying to catch everybody up real quick. <clears throat> you went there. You worked there. You blew a bunch of rockets up. Well, I didn't <laughs> blow a bunch of rockets up. They just happened to blow up while I was there. Right. Well, you're supposed to do the testing <laughs> on these fucking <laughs> yeah. things, right? Yes. Okay. So, it's well, so kind of your fault. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. We're just trying to make light of this. I know. I know. Uh, so, yeah, they, you guys are going to Mars or something like that. And then we'll, we'll go back. We'll go back and walk the steps, but I just want to get everybody okay. where you're sitting. And then you said, fuck SpaceX. Well, I'm moving back to Illinois and taking I, a job there. I, I wanted to move back to Illinois to be closer to my daughter, uh, who's getting up in her teenage years now to where she needs more of a father figure in her life. She's driving. She is driving. So she, she has a permit anyways. So, and then... Uh, um, so it's a little scary, and uh, I want to be able to keep a closer eye on her. And then I was offered a very good position as a senior engineer at another company. And uh, the the pay was good. The benefits were awesome. So I said, sure. you know, this, do it. Yeah. yeah, this company has already been after me for three years. And I was just like, let's go for it, you know. And uh, I was I was kind of... Getting worn out, um, that's one thing about SpaceX is they do burn out, people burn out very quickly there because you work a lot of hours. The engineers work a lot of hours. Um, I was only a technician at SpaceX, not an engineer, but we worked, you know, a 70 hour week was a, a normal thing, right. you know. And, uh, that's, a, that's <coughs> like literally working almost two weeks within one. Yeah, exactly. Or two work weeks within one. I mean, 70 so, fucking hours, that's... Yeah. Well, our minimal week was 50 hours. And then there's a lot of times that that 50 hours becomes, you know, um, a 10-hour day, five days a week, becomes a 10-and-a-half or an 11-hour day, five days a week. So now you're at 55 hours. And then you're like, oh, well, now we have to work Saturday. And that's another ten hours. So now you know you're sixty plus, and then you know that, that's it, they can't work you seven days a week because of California state law. But you work a lot of hours, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you know um, usually not more than twelve a day. That that was very 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 rare, right. but definitely up to you know, and uh, yeah. Uh, so I got burned out, and and when they offered me this other position, I was just like. I'm going for it. Yeah. So I was a little upset, too, because there was, like, three positions that I applied for as um, supervisors or managers. And at SpaceX? At SpaceX. Right. And I was getting kind of turned down for them, you know, and I didn't understand why because I was a pretty stellar employee. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, um. They actually have, like, a page dedicated to me just based on all the improvements that I, I offered them oh, wow. as far as, like, how to make things better and faster and easier for the technicians and stuff. And uh, they thought I was a very thoughtful person when it come to that. Um, so, but, you know, they... I wonder why. Why was it just you didn't have enough time in there, maybe? I, like, they were like... I think that... Maybe one more year. Or, you th- know. There's, 
you know, they <coughs> they treat the engineers uh, a lot like royalty there. You know, they get away with a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, not having an engineering degree, they kind of look down on you sometimes, you know. And, uh, which I, I don't have an engineering degree, you right. know. I have a background in engineering, and I work as a senior engineer. And I probably have way more experience than most engineers do because I have hands-on experience. Right. And I do a lot of the same things they do. The only thing different is I don't have that piece of paper. so Which is bullshit. Yeah, it is. You know, But I'm still a senior engineer, so I don't yeah. give a shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's all politics. That's all that is, you know? You know? But, okay, so everybody wants to know, how many times did you go to a party <coughs> at Elon Musk's house? <laughs> <laughs> Lie to us. <laughs> Lie to us. Um... I I have met Elon. I've, I've shaken his hand. I've also met Gwen. Um, Gwen, Gwen was awesome. Um, she she came up to me one day, and she was just asking questions and being friendly. And I didn't even know who she was. She was just asking questions <laughs> and being friendly. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was when I was at lunch, and um, my I, I went over to the table I was sitting at, and they were like, what did Gwen say to you? And I was like, who's Gwen? <laughs> you know, and they're like, that's who you were talking to. And I was like... Guess I should know who the CEO is. <laughs> but uh, she didn't say anything stupid. <laughs> no, exactly. So um, <clears throat> no, uh, I I I met Elon. I shook his hand. You know, stuff like that. Is he the richest person you ever shaken hands with? No, I've shaken hands with Bill Gates. Have you really? Yeah, I've actually been to Bill Gates's house. So wow. So humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I sucked Bill Gates. I, I, cack, you know? <laughs> I, I was dating his wife. No, I'm oh, kidding. Wow. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't wow. dating Melinda. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, we'll go with allegedly on that. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> next thing you know, you're gonna be on CNN. <laughs> right, it happens. You know, not my first time on CNN. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, no, I'm kidding. It would okay. be my first time. I was gonna say, wow. So, no, uh, so that's. Wow, so you're shaking Bill Gates and Elon Musk. Yes. And uh, Tim Cook. Tim Cook. Oh, uh, why is that name something? Apple. Okay. And Wozniak. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I don't think he's a billionaire, but... (laughs) Well, Bill Gates is. Yeah. Is Elon Musk a billionaire? Uh, Supposedly. He's got to be close if he's not quite. And Tim... Well, I I think Elon's worth like four bill. Here. That's funny. The first thing you put on Elon Musk, and the next thing is suggested <laughs> net, worth. net worth. Unless it knows what we're talking. About. Oh, thirteen point eight billion is what they're saying. Yeah. Uh, Elon Musk is worth. Uh, Bill Gates is eighty five billion. Oh yeah. my god. Uh, and what's the who was the other Tim Cook and Tim Cook? Let's see here. Seven hundred eighty five million. Uh he doesn't count for my billionaire club. <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy. And who was the other one? Uh, Wozniak. Steve Wozniak. Steve Wozniak. Hundred, hundred million? Yeah. He's the least. Yeah. Of well, all of he, them. He sold his stock for an Apple like way early on or he yeah. would have been like way up there. That's but, still a lot, dude. That's more money than I'll ever see. <laughs> you know, Jobs kind of screwed him. I, I personally believe that. So, Steve Jobs. Yeah. <coughs> wow, you're shaking hands with some fucking... <laughs> so. Who's the poorest guy you're ever shaking hands with? Uh, Me! Not you. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's see. The let's look at my net worth. <laughs> Four dollars. Wow! 
hey, at least your your bank account has a positive sign as the <laughs> as it starts off. Yeah, you don't owe. <laughs> right? Um, probably the poorest person I ever shaken hands with. I mean, besides obviously like a bum or something. <laughs> you don't actually have to answer. I, I'm actually kind of curious. <laughs> so, uh, I think my dad. Honestly, really? I'm not even gonna lie. Like my uh. dad. And his probably net worth, including if you liquidated every asset, you'd still probably be under a hundred thousand. Oh wow! Yeah. So and uh, he's retired and he lives off of like twelve or thirteen hundred dollars a month. You know. Yeah, that's gonna be tough. <clears throat> House is paid for. Cars are yeah. paid for. If everything's paid for. It's probably not that hard to do. You know. And he 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 likes to collect shit right now like junk like he goes and he buys all these like antiques and shit and he wants to resell them totally not worth it if you ask me because he he collects all this stuff and he has like oh this is worth $300 but he doesn't understand it's only worth that is in value if somebody wants to pay for it you know at that price yeah exactly you know he's like oh I bought this for five bucks it's worth 200 bucks and it's like Okay, is somebody going to pay you $200 for it, right. you know? And, you know, some of the stuff that he buys, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, you could definitely sell that for sure. And it's just like, you need to get on eBay, you need to, like, you know, do this kind of stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, get, get you a camera to take pictures with and all this other things. And, you know, he, he doesn't understand the whole, how it works to actually make that money. Yeah. You know, set up a PayPal account and do all, you know, all kinds of stuff like that, so. Yeah. I, uh, not to like, well, piggyback on that a little bit. Um, I had a, I was cleaning stuff out around the house and I found uh, a bunch of Playboys and shit that I was like. I see them uh, over there in the corner. Yeah, and I was Why like. Why are all the pages stuck together? <laughs> Nobody's going to buy those now. <laughs> no, none of them are. They're actually in mint, pristine condition. Because I would get them and I would like flip through like. Right. Just to see who was in it. <coughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. I never read the articles. I don't what? care. And I and I I was alive during the time where I never needed the magazine to do anything. I had the internet. You had the computer. Yeah. So I got these magazines. Somebody signed me well, up see, at one you, point. You're you're younger than I am, though. So like you having the computer, you probably had like a decent speed. Not that much younger than you. Only three years younger than you. Uh, I was gonna say because like for me, starting off on the internet, I only had a fourteen four modem. So, like, when the 28.8 modem came out, it was like, whoa, because it took porn to a whole new level, (laughs) you know? Well, I mean, okay, so before the internet, I had VHS tapes. Okay. That we, me and my friends, managed to get. Uh, We we don't need to talk about how we got them, but we managed to get them. And then, yeah. Whose dick did you suck? (laughs) (laughs) No, it was nothing like that, but, um, you know, everybody has, like, an older brother or something, and somehow they get taken and passed around whatever so So you suck your friend's older brother's dick no you're saying i always stole his tapes right right right. you can call it what you want (laughs) wow uh so yeah but we did that but then yeah internet wise it was the aol dial-up bullshit right which you know i'm gonna porn on aol obviously but then from there once you got off aol and then you could have just just internet right then it was like uh yeah you start to like download like Pam Anderson <coughs> instead of looking at the magazine. You, you could 
some they you'd find like those angel fire pages that would have, oh yeah like, yeah like eight pictures on them and you'd yeah. Be like, oh, yeah or whatever exactly yeah back, that was what it was back in the day kids that are listening now they have no idea what the fuck oh, angel yeah. fire is yeah hook that shit up right oh I bet yeah. you there's still some out there maybe a, does oh, it even exist anymore uh, angel fire angel fire resort angel fire lycos yeah, I don't think it exists anymore. No, but, I mean, you could go to Angel Fire and create your own page. Yeah, exactly. Like, free, yeah, you'd it, get, like, yeah. a... It's like a free web page type thing. Yeah, you get, like, two megabytes or something. Yeah. Nowadays, it's, like, two megabytes. <laughs> <laughs> I fart <laughs> that, you know what I mean? Uh, but, yeah, like, okay, so that was my experience, and then, you know, going on and on and on. That was, that was wild, dude. Okay, so what years do you have these Playboys? Like, Oh, that's year? what I was getting at. Yeah, I forgot what I was doing. I have weird. I have like, I have some that go back to like ninety three or something like that. Then I have like two thousand five, the whole year of two thousand five and two thousand six, and then like I have like two thousand eleven and twelve. Like I have weird things. Like it doesn't make any sense. So anyways, okay. I was like, what the fuck am I gonna do with these? Because right. if I keep them here, the kids are going to see them. Eventually, True. they're gonna get into them because. That's what kids do. That's Even though they have the do. internet. Right. Still be curious. You, if you saw one, you would be tempted to look at it. So I was like, I'm tempted to look at it now. Yeah. <laughs> Mine gets the box out. I just don't want to. I'm selling them is what I'm getting at. Gotcha. Post them all on Amazon. Have a seller's account. Put them on there. And the most... Okay, so they used to sell on newsstand for like... The newer ones are like eight ninety nine. The older ones are like six ninety nine or something like that. Right. Most expensive Playboy... I have sold so far has gone for nineteen dollars. Gotcha. Uh, now there, you know, there are ones that are like very collectible, yes. especially during the nineties. There, yeah. And you actually, um, there's one. I know there's one, at least one that has supposedly an underage model in it. Mm. So it was the. Pretty sure I didn't have that one. Um, yeah, I, I, I would, I'm going to get that fucker back. <laughs> no, so, uh, no. Uh, what was it? What do you know anything about it? Uh, I it was. Um, I want to say it was a college. Oh, I may have sold, dude. All right, so that's interesting. I've sold a bunch of Playboys so far since I've listed them. Right. Every single one of the where they once a year they would do the college girl issue. Right. Those are the first ones to sell <coughs> of the years that I had. Right. Um, those are the first ones to sell. Then the um, it was always something pertaining to like college or younger aged models in the magazine were the right. first ones to go. And I was like, we are literally full of fucking pedophiles in this country. <laughs> I, th- I think the world is just seriously full of pedophiles. In yeah. This country. Like, ha- how many people? How many dudes are suppressing that? They have to be tons because. Why else would you go after those? As literally, I listed them, and within three weeks of me listing them, of all the years that I have, those were the very first ma- magazines that went of all the. Well, I that's think insane. Like that, I, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. Is a some of those people became famous after that. Besides yeah. just being a Playboy, either they became either playmates or they became other famous people in such a way. Or these you know? dudes went to college with those girls could be you know you know yeah exactly so you know like a class reading uh, i think i think one of them 
uh, became like a reporter, or a sports reporter, or something like that. So she's like on TV all the time, and so like now you have her, right. her Playboy, you know. Um, it is interesting when somebody buys one. Right before I put it in the package to go, I flip through it one last time right. to try and figure out what are they buying this for. Yeah, and like a recent one was there was a girl that used to be a, or maybe she still is in the WWE. Okay, as a wrestler. Okay. I didn't even know she was in the book. That's that totally shows you how much I actually looked at these. Right. I have no recollection of her being in there, and I was like, oh, I kind of would like to have kept that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's all sold now. Like, right. maybe I should yeah. go back through these. And I was like, no, just get rid of them. Yeah. Dude, yeah. don't keep your fucking Playboys. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, some of those are penthouses as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and only, like, two of those have sold. But, yeah, I mean... I had all these, and I was like, I gotta sell them. So, but yeah, like your dad, if he listed, like, took pictures and listed shit, he could probably make some money back on some of these things. Right. Well, I just, with having a fixed income like he does, I just don't understand why he he buys this stuff and tries to resell it. I mean, he's done this before, and he used to buy storage units back before, even before storage wars and all that other shit. He he got this idea to buy storage units. Are fake. All right, <laughs> and. My my dad would bid on these storage units, and I mean most of most of what people leave in storage units for real is just shit because oh, yeah. it, they take all the stuff that they're going to get and they actually want out of there. They're not going to leave anything expensive, and if they're so desperate when it comes to paying their storage, they're going to pawn all that shit first. Mm-hmm. You know, that's or, how I know those shows <coughs> are bullshit. When they find like these amazing things, right? A lot of those. I'm not saying every single locker they do, but a lot of those lockers are set up to, for them to discover something yeah. crazy and they got it at such a good price and they go see how much it's well, you know when they do the extra right. shit yeah yeah exactly no e- exactly but they're entertaining to watch so it, I don't watch reality TV no. I, I used to, to. <laughs> I, I don't watch those anymore I don't watch any TV right. everything I do now is Netflix right but so no the like one of the big finds that my dad actually found inside um uh, storage unit was uh, um, he did find a bunch of like jewelry and stuff like that and he found a shit ton of silver like a lot of silver jewelry mm-hmm. because it's not very um, expensive and like my dad just had it all melted down and made silver bars so which wow. I thought was kind of cool you know they I think he got like a bunch of like five ounce silver bars out of it so but still it, you know it was kind of cool you know yeah. um, <clears throat> but it's a fine yeah you know, and, you know, I think he said he, he found, like, about, in, in between the storage units he's bought, like, about 800 or $900 worth of silver. But that still doesn't cover the price of the storage units that he's bought. Right. You know? Unless you're doing that every single time and you're only paying 200 bucks a locker. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, like, I remember I bought I bought some furniture and stuff from him that he got uh, from a, uh, a storage unit and like because I, I had a new place and I needed furniture so I bought a couch and I bought a coffee table and I bought um, a writing desk and all kinds of stuff like that and you know he, he made a couple of bucks off of me but still he's not getting his money back and then right. so it, it, to me in reality it, he's just not it's not a very good investment you know because right. you don't know what you're getting I would rather take that money and play penny stocks or, or put it on the stock market for something and, and go from there, you know. Right. So especially, you know, he was doing this ten years ago. If he would have put the money in the stock market ten years ago and let it ride out, he'd probably have a pretty good chunk of change, you know. Yeah. 
Because, you know, 10 years ago, the stock was probably, what, 13,000, 14,000, you know, for the NASDAQ or whatever. So, and now it's, uh, you know, almost 20,000. So, yeah, he probably would have made a pretty, oh, yeah. good, pretty good amount of money, <laughs> especially if he invested it in the right stocks. Right. So. Then turn around and go buy a whole <coughs> storage <laughs> Right. So, slightly, like, veered off topic there for the whole SpaceX thing, but, you know. So, yeah, Ray blows rockets <laughs> up at SpaceX. Not intentionally. <laughs> Not intentionally. Okay, so let's go back to uh, <laughs> SpaceX now. The whole reason you're here, because you're wearing your SpaceX shirt. I am. I, I have, like, 40 of them. Yeah, so. that's awesome, though. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, wear the, I have the red hat in the car with me that I always put on. When I get out of the car, so nice. I'm representing SpaceX. <laughs> Plus, it also doubles as when, at a quick glance, people think it's a Make America Great Again shirt or hat, rather, as it's red. <laughs> oh, so yeah. it's like, yeah, ah, look again, it's SpaceX. Gotcha. I mean, it doesn't say, you know, I have it on backwards with SpaceX. Anyways, um, I like it. The red one's my favorite. I'm glad you sent one of those to right. me. Um, but anyways, so you're at SpaceX. And your, uh, <coughs> you were a, what was your job title again? I worked in the avionics test lab. So I tested all the avionics, the flight computers, the cameras, the telemetry rios, um, everything that basically the brains of the rocket. And, like, we did other stuff like transducers and stuff like that. But for the most part, the brains of the rocket... We tested that for environmental conditions to make sure it was suitable for space and rocket flight. And how do you go about testing something for space when <laughs> you can't... Or how, how do you duplicate space here? So, um, well, A, vacuum chambers. You okay. know, you, you can totally duplicate the altitude created in space by a vacuum chamber. Um, other ways to do it is space is cold and space is hot. So, it, believe it or not, like if you're in the sun, you do heat up, you know... If you're, um, if you're in the shadow, you know, it gets really cold. So we could do temperature fluctuation. Uh, we did the vibration that it would, the component would receive during a rocket flight. And then we would do vacuum testing and, uh, mm, some other testing. So it depends on what it was doing. Right. So. That's just so crazy to me. When we were there, they had, uh, the new, um, Astronaut suits. Yep, we got to yes. see those before they were revealed to the world. <laughs> yes, I was like, "Really, right, take a picture?" No, you can't take, <laughs> can't a, picture take a picture. Can't take a picture. Anything in here? Right. Um, but dude, those rockets are massive. Like, yes, because they were like because it would they put them together. Like as you go further into the plant is where they like. You know, there's like this line. It's kind of like. It's kind of like a... It's it's a production line. A production line. And then it, towards the back, and it kind of uh, snakes its way to the back. Exactly. Where they've got these giant, like... And it's each, like, section. And they kind of put them together, and, right. like, you could see... Dude, it, it's so wild. Then they bring these... Like, they had a video, I think, of, like, the quick movement of yes. them putting them together, and then the truck pulling them out and, yep. and all that. So, basically, what you guys were doing at the time, which... At the time I was there, I didn't know this, but you're making these rockets to then be shot up to take stuff to the space station and then have the rocket re-land on something in the ocean, on like a, th- right? Yes. So on and board. that's what was the overall plan of... Yes. And so Elon Musk's overall plan is to make, from making us a multi-planet species, is 
we have to reduce the price of space flight. And how we reduce that price is by making rockets that are um, reusable. Mm-hmm. All right. The the reason why the Apollo program and the even the shuttle program and everything was so expensive is because a lot of that stuff was not reusable, and we needed to make something that was reusable and can reduce the price in, uh, of spaceflight. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, um, for general purposes, it's about. I think it was somewhere around a thousand dollars a pound. Wow! So uh, I might be a hundred dollars a pound. I I know it cost me like three million dollars to go to space because I'm a fat ass. So <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that's a thousand dollars a pound. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. So um, let you know how expensive it would cost me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious now. We did a thousand dollars. Everybody, grab a calculator. <laughs> Enter your weight. Let's see, I think I'm about here. Times thousand. Oh boy. Two point four million. <laughs> well we're in the hundred thousand dollar range <laughs> for sure. Uh but uh that's not quite a million. Now if you put me onto a rocket, that's just me. Right. And you put me into a rocket, yeah, now we're in the millions for so. sure. Or billions. Well so <coughs> that's expensive. If a thousand dollars a pound well, if you weigh 250 pounds, it'd be yeah. 250,000 okay. dollars. Okay. To send a 250 pound person. So it might be actually $10,000 a pound then. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Changes everything. So, let's see. Well, yeah, then we're in the $2 million range for me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's more to like what you were saying. So it probably is $10,000 a pound. Ray just busted out his uh, Texas instrument. So, (laughs) for Elon Musk hopes to bring the cost of shipping objects to space to less than $1,000 a pound. So that's his goal. Okay. So... Which, keep in mind, these rockets are fucking... Huge. Huge. They're, They're heavy as fuck, so... Um, You're still spending uh, a a lot of fucking money. But, yeah, if you could do that, you'd be saving a lot of money, too. Right. So why is it so expensive? So, yeah, it says it costs $10,000 to send one pound into space. So, (laughs) Man, I have taken some expensive shifts in my day, (laughs) let me tell you. All right, so what was your question again? I'm sorry. Um, How do you do anal in space? No, I'm kidding. Uh Uh, No, so how do you, why is it, for one, why is it so expensive? And then, yeah, I guess let's start there. Okay, so the reason why it's so expensive to put stuff into space is you're making everything for that rocket for a one-time use, and that's what Elon's trying to get away from. He's trying to make it a multi-time use. Multi-time use. So uh, I believe his object um, is he wants to use every rocket ten times. So you, you take that factor of... 10,000 that it's cost you to get into space, and now you divide it by 10, and now you're down to less than 1,000. Right. You know, and so, you know, every flight computer, which rockets have three, every telemetry computer, rockets have three. They always have 
three backup systems. So you have three of everything on board this rocket to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and you... Yeah, that costs money, you know? You, you, you have a flight computer that you built, you tested, you... Um, you had to pay those engineers. You had to pay to design it. You had to build the circuit boards, the PCBs, everything. It, that might have cost you a million dollars just right there for a flight computer. It might have cost you five million dollars for the first one, you know. Right. And now you're going to turn around and just basically dump that in the ocean. You might as well literally take the computer and just dump it right in the ocean because that's what you're going to do with it. Right. You know. Well, it makes sense what he wants to do. He wants to reuse that. <coughs> So correct. It doesn't. Yeah, I mean, it, eventually, if you can reuse it even twice, you've already saved yourself money. You've already saved yourself money, right? You know, and you guys have had when you were there. You had successes, and you had not yes. so much Sorry. successes. It, it, yes. So um, shortly a- after I was there, uh, we had our first. Um, the Elon calls them. Uh, What's he calling? I think he calls them like rapid, unplanned um, disassembly. So like <laughs> ruds. <laughs> right. So he has a funny name for them. Um, so we we had our first rapid, unplanned disassembly, um, which turned out to be a um, the the uh, the last I checked. I don't know the official report. It's out there. The last I heard was it was a strut that supported one of the um, tanks. Um, so they fixed that. And then actually the day before I put in my two-week notice, they had their second one, which was setting on the pad when it happened. And, uh, yeah, so that wasn't great. I told my boss I'm not leaving for that reason. It was for other reasons. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was probably, probably thinking, oh, man. <laughs> well, when I went in, I told him, I was like, okay, I know we had that stuff that went on yesterday. This has nothing to do with it, but I'm putting in my two weeks notice. <laughs> <laughs> so he yeah, was like, huh? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, so how long were you there? Total. Almost two years. Almost two years. Okay. Um, well, it is It is crazy. So, let's see. So, you were only there for two of them, then. For some reason, I, I was thinking you were there for... I thought you were there for one successful takeoff and re-landing. Oh, well, I was there for multiple successful takeoff and landings. So. Oh, okay. So, you were just saying... The, for the two rockets that... Right. Okay. That... Um, yeah, I was gonna say you were there for yeah successful ones too because yeah, you didn't yeah. come back. They had had plenty of yeah. No, we had. I mean, we had the one that we were our first one that we were really hoping for was the one that we took off from Cape, and uh, it actually even before that we had one before that that it it was coming down. Everything was perfect, and uh, apparently. Um, it ran out of fuel in the hydraulic reservoirs for the uh. f- for for some flight controls and stuff, and it literally e- either that or it literally ran out of fuel. I don't remember what it was, and it fell out of the sky. <laughs> like, and, and there's nothing there to support it. I mean, the legs are going to support it, and they do have impact structure inside the legs that dampen that stuff. But 
the um, they it, it's a crush cone type of deal, and um, but it was from too high up, mm-hmm. and, and so it it just hit the deck and exploded. You know, then we had the one in Vandenberg that it landed, but one of the legs didn't lock, and what it was was there was um, a lot of fog and stuff in Vandenberg, and a lot of moisture in the air, and it froze. And so it froze. It, it, it's like the same thing Iron Man went through. Like, you know, when he's like, how did you handle the, you know, the the freezing, you know? <laughs> when he's falling out of the sky and his whole suit's frozen. Okay. So, and, uh, you know, it, it's cold. The higher you go up, the colder it gets. Yeah. And uh, so we, we were really hoping for that one. And then the, the next one, you know, we, we landed. And we just pretty much kept landing them, you know, after that. And... There was a couple that, really, I think they pretty much caught almost every single one since then. So, we, I mean, w- once we kn- knew the process, we knew the idea would work, and we we tested it, we were like, okay, how do we perfect it now? Like, once they perfect it, it, it they got it. I mm-hmm. mean, the, there's nothing more they can do. It, it, it's... The, I almost don't expect them to not land one now. Right. You know, it's one of those things like they've landed so many of them. It's just like the rarity is not landing one. Right. <coughs> well, now there's no excuse because you guys can do it. Oh, right. Well, there. Well, there's always something. Yeah. The, the some odd thing can happen or whatever. But the 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 two differences um, is one with the drone ship. Okay. Um, of course, I still love you. Or Please read the instructions, all right? Um, the two drone ships, when they use those, it's because they're usually going to geosynchronous orbit, which is farther out, which requires more of a burn, requires more energy, requires more speed. So the rocket's coming in faster, hotter, and it's going it, to... It's, it's coming... It, it, it's like a bullet, and they have to slow it down. And it's coming back through the atmosphere and everything. For the geosynchronous ones, I can see them missing, er, you know, once every few. For the ones that are just going to the International Space Station, it's not of intensive a burn. They're only going to, you know, 200 miles up, 225 miles. <coughs> so I could see them catching those every single time. Uh-huh. What did Elon say? Space is hard? Space <laughs> is hard. That, that's not... That's not just an Elon saying. That's like a. That's just a space community. Like, you know, (laughs) when you're looking at it from the outside, you're like, oh, this is easy. Look how much they perfected it. But it's. You know, you try to think of everything. And then, especially when you have people's lives involved, that's more contingency that you start putting on everything. Mm -hmm. How, you know. What goes wrong? How are we going to get these astronauts out? We do not want an astronaut burning alive in a rocket. You know, it's mm-hmm. happened. Look at Apollo. You know, um, well, yeah. Could you imagine? Yeah, being it in there. Yeah, like thinking, oh, this should be no problem. Right, and then all hell breaks loose. Well, I mean, even the Mercury program. All right, if you go back to the Mercury program, the the pilots made a consensus, okay? They used to have these things called seances. And the pilots would come together, the, the astronauts, okay? So you have John Glenn, Alan Shepard, you know, 
uh, Carpenter, like all these guys, you know, they're all famous now. And they would go to the engineers and say, we want to be able to open the door, you know? And the engineers are like, why? You know? And they're like, because in case we need to get out, <laughs> you know? Right. So it would be one of the things that it would suck if they were stuck inside a capsule and it started flooding. And the only way to get that door open is from bolts on the outside. Really? <laughs> you know? Right. So what they did is they put explosive bolts on, on there so they could blow the door, you know? And, uh... You know, th- there was while they're floating or while they're flying in space, they would want to get <coughs> out with the hopes of doing what though? Like no, no, not not flying in space when they come back down. Oh, because they were landing in the ocean. Okay, I was gonna say, well, hang on here. <laughs> so like, oh, so like if when they land in the ocean and let's say it starts flooding, right? They'll be able to get out, swim back to exactly. Okay, so. Yeah. So they're not trying to like if something ca- what happens in space they're going to get out of the door, but then what? Because <laughs> right, you're still right. in fucking space. Yeah, exactly. No, no. They, uh, I mean, they they ended up doing um, uh, spacewalks later on. You know, um, I believe they actually did a spacewalk. It might have been in Mercury and uh, the Mercury uh, missions. I'm not sure. It might have been in the Gemini ones, but they actually did do. You know, that they opened up the capsule. They got out. They they came back in, um, so yeah. I mean, they they at the early times, you know, they were trying to prove that this concept works because, you know, the the whole point during the you know fifties and sixties when all this was going on. Well, actually, you know, we really didn't get into space until sixty one. So, um, with <laughs> with John Glenn's fifteen minute shot, <laughs> that's all it was. Fifteen minutes put us into space, you know, but. uh um. Yeah, I mean, we didn't get into space until sixty-one, almost sixty-two, to be honest. And uh, you know, we're the this whole we were trying to beat the Russians because the the one thing that we feared that in in not just like the military, but even the the civilians feared is Russia's going to go in space and just drop bombs on us, like that they're going to load up a spacecraft with nuclear weapons and just drop them from outer space and we're not going to even know that they're doing it, uh-huh. you know? So, I mean, what really instilled fear in people in people was the um, Sputnik, you know? And, and, you know, people could turn their 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 radio to, to listen to the beep, beep, beep of Sputnik, you know? And, uh, you probably couldn't do it on a normal radio, but if you had like a, a world trans you know, transceiver radio, you mm-hmm. definitely could do it. That's you know? crazy. Yeah. So, and, you know, and you know, I couldn't imagine being, you know, sitting there, knowing the things above my head that's never been there before. You know, and being an American, going, this could be a bomb. You know. Mm-hmm. But well, with that, <coughs> with that, uh, as your motivation. All of a sudden, they're putting a lot of money towards the program, right? And all I keep hearing nowadays is they just keep cutting, cutting, right. cutting. Well, how the fuck are you ever going to like? Uh, so, okay, what's your opinion then? Why are they cutting back with like NASA and things like that? Because are, are they trying to take it Elon Musk's route where it's more privatized, so it can be cheaper then? 
the 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 thing with a I would never have cut NASA's budget. All right, NASA plays such a vital role, not just in America, all right, but in in the world, all right. The things that they create, all right. Every year, NASA has patents that they release to the public, and they sell these leases to use these patents. And like, I mean, so much stuff has come from NASA. I mean, that you wouldn't even know. That, yeah, you wouldn't even know. Memory like, foam beds. Well, I mean, besides memory foam beds. Well, that, that's the, the way popular one, though. Right. The the I mean, supposedly duct tape came from NASA, you know, and Velcro and all this other stuff. But you know, um, one of the things is is like. The way switching works on networks, you know, the way information is handled going from one thing to another. NASA has patents on some of that stuff, you know, when it comes to computers and the the way information is handled and stored and, you know, processed. Like, they have some patents on that stuff that they give to the public. And, you know, if it wasn't for NASA, we would never have had some of that stuff. Yeah, NASA's, I mean, the super soaker. <laughs> so there's a list, there's 20 of them. Did you know super soaker was? I did not know the super soaker was created by NASA. It was created by a NASA engineer. So, I knew the memory foam was. Memory foam, everybody, I think most people know about that. One. Right, especially nowadays. Insulation for like your house? So. Oh, what the hell is this? An ad. Oh, and it sends me back to the top. Bullshit. Uh, insulation, I didn't know that. Ribbed swimsuits? I could see that. Yeah, I could see that, too. Portable cordless vacuum. Yes, I knew about that one. Yeah. Makes sense. They yeah. want to be able to vacuum shit up. Right. Water filters. Right. I'm going to go piss in your Brita. <laughs> <laughs> Invisible braces? I did not know that. Scratch-resistant lenses. I knew that. I used to work in that technology. Okay. Yeah. Freeze drying. The um. Of course. So the, the I used to make the mirrored globes that were on the astronaut spacesuits. Okay. So the mirrored ones and the clear ones. Where did you do that? At? You make at a research hard. laboratory in St. Oh Louis. What the hell was that? Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So I, we did like. We did about 20 of them when I was there, and they were the, like, I keep saying like, they were the last ones being used, and a lot of these had, they, they weren't the best looking ones because they had defects and stuff, but they were no longer making those suits, mm-hmm. so any parts that they had, we went ahead and applied the coatings to. Um, so it was the clear ones and the mirror ball ones that we applied uh-huh. special coatings, scratch resistant, anti-fog, um... They also shield the astronauts from IR radiation, infrared. Um, wow, that's yeah. crazy. So they basically, the the reason why they're mirrored is they they mirror off or block off any of the wavelengths of light besides visible light for the astronaut. So you're not getting UV or IR. That's pretty cool. So a couple other things was the, uh, what was it? Infrared ear thermometers, insulin pumps, CAT scans. 
It says better software, which you covered that. Kind of. Aircraft anti-icing system. That seems like a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is that? The cochlear implant. Cochlear implant. All those things they like. You put like a screw in your head. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, landmine removal. Interesting. Solar energy makes sense. Uh, smoke detectors. Last one. Artificial limbs. Wow. Those are 20. That's not yeah, That's well, not all of them. That's just 20 of them. And it's also from the richest.com. So. Yeah. <coughs> there's there's a much better list and more comprehensive out there, I'm sure. Yeah. So. Well, we just did a quick Google search. <laughs> We're not going in-depth here. Right. But it's interesting, some of the stuff. So, okay, so they... <coughs> when they cut the the budget of that, like, so why why then do you think... Well, let me reverse this question. In, in space is not. Let, let me reverse this this thing for you. How much money would you give NASA every payday? I would want to know what their goals were. Okay, if the inter, inter, interplanetary species, and they also want to like not just interplanetary species, but they want to, like, create satellites that, like, the Weber Telescope, the Hubble Telescope. Um, Why do we need the Hubble Telescope? Why? Yeah. The Hubble Telescope is awesome. I okay, mean, but we, we wouldn't even know that there was extrasolar planets out there if it wasn't for a Hubble Telescope. I wanted to see, part. like, a fucking aliens on this <coughs> thing by now. Like, I know it's just kind of going. And it's, you know what I mean? But, like... The, 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 here's the thing, okay? <coughs> I, I, I think a lot of people really don't understand the comprehensive space that space is, hmm. all right? They, they think like, oh, I can just go look at this because it's, <laughs> you know, 340 light years away, you know? They don't realize how far that yeah. is. No, no, it, I, I, I get it. I don't, yeah, I think a lot of people don't understand it. So, they don't, you know what I mean? They don't care. Right. Or whatever. But if you're, you're asking me how much would I allow out of my paycheck for that? Yes. And I responded, well, I have to know what it, what their goal yeah, now, was. Now, you're already paying taxes. So this is just what percentage of your taxes would you give to NASA? Well, this kind of plays into something I've always thought that we should do. Everybody pays taxes that has a job, correct? Right. Instead of letting the government decide what our tax hours are used for, just like you get to pick how much percent of your 401k money goes into what elect, you know, what, uh, what, the, what fund, you want 10% of this amount going into this fund, 10% in this, uh, up to 100%. Right. Well, I think we should do the same thing. We should get a list of all the different government programs, and then we get to pick how much percent of our taxes go into each one of those programs. The problem with this, and it'll never happen, is because so many programs that are, are funneling bullshit money now for their own fucking nonsense <laughs> would be obsolete. Yes. People would only put it in the things that they really want to see, and this is why it'll never happen. But I think you would actually get to see... What people shit. cared about. Exactly. That's the thing. You would, you, and, and so we would have we would have forty trillion dollars in education and we would have a one billion dollar military 
<laughs> I mean, I think you'd be surprised how how where people want to see their money go. Exactly. As opposed to where it's going now. Right. Where the uh, the problem with that is people are selfish. Mm-hmm. All right, and it's an inherent nature for people to be selfish, and they don't realize that they're even being selfish. And so you're going to pick programs that would be like education, maybe science, all right? Because you're kind of a science guy, mm-hmm. you know, a conspiracy theory science guy, but still, whatever, science guy. Um, so I like to call them theories. I call them <laughs> facts. <laughs> right. Conspiracy facts. <laughs> so, you, you know, you, I could see you probably put it a little bit in the military because I believe you, I believe that you believe that we need a good military, mm-hmm. all right? But... You probably wouldn't put anything in for welfare, you know. Not until I need it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, no, so. I, I, and yeah, I I wouldn't. And that's not to say that everybody wouldn't. There would be a lot of people that would. It, and I see that's a that, that's that's what you think, but no, because okay. no, nobody's nobody's going to say I'm going to give you some of my money because that's basically what you're saying is I might as well just give you twenty bucks right now <laughs> because you're going to need it, you know, and. and and the thing of it is, is like, that's how people are. People are selfish. Then put it this way. If you never put into welfare, you never get to claim welfare. Look you at never all get the to people from welfare. Look at all the people who never put into Social Security and, and claim Social Security. Wrong. Exactly. But when they invented Social Security, they didn't plan on people living for as long as they were living either. They figured, oh, you're going to retire at this age, you'll be dead within 10 years, you've got enough Social Security based on our plan to last you that 10 years. Oh, shit, you live 20 years, we're fucked, because they continue to pay you for another 10 years they weren't planning on. And this goes on and on and on and on and on, and the few people that actually die without ever collecting their Social Security, it doesn't fucking matter. Because they're so far in debt now because of a fucked up plan that they did. There's no way to fix it. Is you just have to hope people keep having jobs. See, I... And keep paying into it. I don't think we're as fucked as people think we are when it comes to Social Security. And I'll tell you why. A, people die all the time. All right? Yeah. So, B... But there's more people dying than people paying into it, too. Right. I think our problem is going to come... Within the next 10 years, when it comes to Social Security, because that's when the baby boomers are really going to be starting to collect. Like, you're, 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 you're starting to get it now, because, like, my dad's a baby boomer, okay? He was born in 53. So you're going to be looking at these people, you know. So my, my dad's, you know, 64. He'll be 64 and a half here shortly. So, and he, at 65, well, actually, I think he... I think he could have started collecting at 62, but he he pushed it off to 65 because he gets more of you know, a larger amount, you know. Um, but he's going to be 65 here shortly, so yeah, he's going to start collecting Social Security, um, and you're going to start getting a lot of people starting to collect Social Security. So within 10 years, we'll really see how much it'll be a good stress test for the system because it, it's either going to work or not. Well, when you have a country full of entitled millennials that don't feel like they should have to have a job, <laughs> so therefore nobody's paying into it, it will run out. When you have an overabundance of people collecting and uh, underabundance not paying into it. True. In, in so those of you out there that, you know... 
I, I don't think it's just a millennial it's problem. It's not just though. that, but yeah. that's part of it. That's, it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those, you know, we were having a conversation when we were in the ocean and how the waves come and, and go right. and on and on. We're in the part where it, it's <laughs> it's going to be a big bunch of people collecting something and nobody helping pay into it. Right. It's going to run out. And I do think there's that when they created it, they didn't expect people to live beyond no, a certain point. I, I, and people started out living the expectation. And I agree with that. I, I'm, well, I'm you're already in the hole then, so how right. do you ever fix that? Without taking it in a whole different direction where this podcast <laughs> was going. <laughs> right. I don't know how you fix that, unless you start taking money from other things. So, Well, A, part of the problem is the government has borrowed from Social Security, and they haven't paid it back. Yeah, did you so, think they're ever going to? Yeah, they, they, they've borrowed trillions from Social Security. Not billions, they've borrowed trillions. And for what? Can we see receipts on what they... That's <laughs> the government, they don't keep a receipt. Okay, so what we're getting at here is the government's fucked. They're completely fucked in how everything they do. Okay. Everything but, they do. So so the thing of it is, is what you need to look at, and the, what, what we need to focus on to fix Social Security. And not only just fix Social Security, but this would also work on fixing things like health care. All right, is you force the congressman to use Social Security. Congressmen don't pay into Social Security. They don't have to collect it. All right? They get their retirement. But besides that, they don't have to. Mm-hmm. Same thing with health care. All right? They get the same health care a military guy gets for the most part. Probably better than that, but, you know, because they're a congressman or whatever. But they get, you know, TRICARE or their version of TRICARE or whatever it is that the military uses. And... You know, so you have, they get free health care, all right, and they get a pension, and they get paid all this money, and then they don't have to pay into Social Security, so they don't give a shit. So start making them give a shit. That's what we need to do is, you know. How can they vote to raise their own fucking salary every year? Why can't the citizens put a stop to that shit? Exactly. That's what they need to do. The citizens need to be like, you know what? You can no longer vote for your own salaries. We'll vote. We'll vote for your salary. Yeah. And right. now we'll start seeing them work right. for us rather than so, for themselves. Well, not just that, but we need we need to take we need to limit lobbyists. We need to limit government spending when it comes to we need to limit lobbyist spending when it comes to the government. Can we just remove lobbyists altogether? Because I don't see a point in it. I I see only corruption from lobbying. On top okay. of that, can we get rid of career politicians? The whole point of being in being uh, to yes. serve or whatever is you're only supposed to serve a term, and then you're supposed to get the fuck out. Yes, that but, was the initial intentions here. Right. And if you right. had that, you wouldn't have as much corruption either. It. it Yes. Okay. I I agree with you. We need to limit drain the swamp. <laughs> we need to limit. We we need to put term limits on our politicians. Okay, for sure. We definitely need to do that at every level. Right. At every level. Every level. All right. The the mayor from the city back home that I live in has been mayor for like like thirty years now. Yeah. All right. Like seriously, like thirty years. All right. He used to be like the chief of the fire department. I think he worked as a police officer for a while even, and like now. He's the mayor. And believe it or not, when I got out of the military, I went and I was going to run for mayor, okay? And I got the paperwork and I started filling it out and everything like this. And here I am, I'm, I'm coming back, young guy, going to school, going to college, 
and I'm going to run for mayor, all right? And I remember the the secretary there, her name was Judy. She was just like, oh, that's so awesome, you know, everything like that. And she gave me all the paperwork and stuff like that. Like two weeks or three weeks into me doing this, and like I'm, I'm at the point where I'm basically collecting signatures and I'm talking to my family about this and stuff. The mayor calls me in his office. He calls me in and sets up an appointment for me. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to work for mayor. He's like, I, I've been mayor like 15 years. I was like, yeah, I know. So he's like, have I done a bad job? And I was like, I, just, I don't like you. I don't like the way you handle things, you know? I was like, that's all it takes, you know? Um, and he was just like, do you think you're going to win? And I was just like, what do you mean? I was like, why would I, why would I do this if I didn't think I had a chance to win? He was like, the police, I own them. The fire department, I own them. He's like, you know, city hall, I run it. City council, I own it. Aldermans, they're mine, you know? And I was sitting there and I was like, okay, I see what he's getting at, you know? And he had the money and the resources. You're describing something straight out of like a TV show, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. Like that shit really goes on, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and like this really happened to me. Like really, really happened yeah. to me. And, and you know, I, I'm sitting there like, I'm thinking, what, what am I going to do? Up that's coming next. <laughs> you know? So what, what I did was I was just like, I, I called a couple of people who've ran for like um, city council and they, they've ran for aldermen and stuff like that. Um, and I called them and I talked to them. And one of them was a friend of my grandfather's. And I was like, what are my chances here? Like, for real. And he's like, well, how much money do you have? And I was like, nothing. I was hoping for donations. He was just like, now this town is like 32,000 people, so it's nothing. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's like, you need 25 grand sitting in the bank right now to run for mayor. Now this is a small town of, uh, of 32,000 people. He's telling me I need 25 grand. Just to start running for mayor, you know, and I was like, "Why? Like, what? Wh- what? That seems like a ridiculous amount of money to start running for mayor, you yeah. know." So this guy hasn't had anybody run against him. No, like, just, I, like it's his name, so you have no other choice. Exactly, you know, and, and I don't think anybody's really even tried to run against me because, like, I haven't voted. Well, in, obviously. Think about what he did to you. Like he probably hasn't done to anybody else that right. has attempted or started the right. process. I haven't voted there in a long time because I I live in a different city and right. I've lived in a different city for a long time. So I can't tell you like who's been on the card. I can I guess I can ask my grandparents or whatever. But I know for the most part it's usually just him, you know, because nobody wants to run against him, you know. And like usually you'll get some blocks it too at the yeah. same time. Yeah. So it, it's just one of those things that, like, you know, I, I wish things were different there. And I I think if I was younger and I was I was to do this again and know the things that I know now, I think I would go for it anyways because you just never know. Right. So e- even if I didn't have 25 grand sitting in the bank account, I'd be like, you know what, I'm going to start doing dinners. I'm going to do, like, chili cook-offs. I'm going to do, like, all kinds of, like, just different stuff to start raising money, you know. And, and kind of skeletons you got in the closet because you're going <laughs> to dig them all up, too. Right. Well, right. At that point, I didn't have that many skeletons in the closet, which is awesome. Now, <laughs> there's too many body berries out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't say that, Ray, because I don't edit. 
And now you got another one. What we did in Vegas stays in Vegas. Don't worry about it. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So that desert's very big. They're not going to find it. Don't worry. They haven't found anything else out there. Also, they're not looking. No. And who did? I didn't realize that she had a gag reflex like that. You wouldn't think she would have had a <laughs> reflex working in Vegas. Yeah, you know. Oh, so. well. So there you have it. I hope you've enjoyed... Week one, week two, week three, and week four, whichever one you're listening to at this point, because like I said, I'm only recording one intro and one outro for all four of these, because it was one giant four-hour episode that we split into four singular hours. Makes it a little easier to listen to. Not many people have four hours to sit and listen to one giant podcast, so um, that's why I split it up, and uh, you know... Sometimes this information that we talk about can be so heavy that you just only want that hour because you need time to process what's been talked about. And if we threw four hours at you, you wouldn't be able to process all four hours of it anyways. Hell, it's hard for me to process half of it. And we just had this conversation, and I'm my mind's like, oh, and I'm tired. And that's why I'm recording... One intro and one outro that's going to get played for all four episodes. So, um, I apologize for the uncreativity on the intros and outros, but uh, you, you'll get a new uh, intro and outro in, uh, well, depending on which episode this is you're hearing, next week, in two weeks, three weeks, or four weeks. So, either way, have any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, email me, thinktankpod at gmail.com. Tweet at me at the Think Tank Pod. Um, you can also support us by going to our sponsors. Uh, you do that by going to thearyaman.com, click the sponsor tab, then the Amazon banner, bookmark it, buy whatever you're going to buy. Um, Amazon kicks us back a small percentage. But trust me, that small percentage, if everyone does it, adds up to a semi large percentage. Keep in mind, it costs you nothing after to buy what you're going to buy. It's just Amazon takes a little bit of their profit and says, Here you go, D2R Podcast Network. Thanks for sending these people our way and uh, telling them to use Amazon. And then we give that percentage, that whatever that profit is that they're throwing us, and uh, you know we apply that to making the studio and the podcasts that we put out and all that stuff better. So, uh, it's a win-win, win, 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 yeah, anyways, everybody wins, um, also, phoenixbeardoils.com, go there, check out what that is, if you're not sure what that is, if you have a beard, I'm sure you know what it is, uh, and, uh, you know, buy whatever you want to buy there during checkout, enter the promo code D2R, and you shall receive 10% off the entire order can't beat it um you're also going to get a free sample um it shall probably be eric from the beer with friends podcast uh created fragrance which is i like your beard 
or and or you may get two free samples I don't know uh, and or the one I created which uh, has two names the raunchy name if you like the raunchy name you can call it by this raunchy name it's called the pussy liquor or if you like the more professional uh, but still a little edgy of a name um, the flavor saver yeah okay so uh, go do all that and uh, thanks for listening like I said sorry for the uh, repeat uh, intros and outros here but uh, you know I gotta do what I do so hope you enjoyed today's episode and uh, if this happens to be the fourth episode in this four part little series here Next week, we got something new for you. If this is episode one, two, or three, well, the next week, you got more of the same. Well, not more of the same, but more interesting conversation as a continuation. Anyways, you know what I'm saying. See you next week.
Country Alley Entertainment. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the T2R Podcast Network on iTunes. Give us a rating and leave us a comment. We'd really appreciate it. Your word of mouth is our only advertising, so please do us a solid. Share us with everyone you know. Thanks for listening.